Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Oral Sessions with me, Renee Paquette. It still is funny for me to say my regular name like that, which is my real name. It should feel more normal, but it still feels a little foreign in my mouth. Renee Paquette, Renee Young, Renee Good. Too many names. It's too many names, but um, it is the name that my, my mother and my father shows for me. Anyways, who cares about that? Um, today, we've got a hell of a guest. We're dipping our toes back into the world of WWE. Yes, we have on my dear, sweet friend. He's a gigantic man, sweet at heart, soft on the inside. The current Intercontinental Champion, Oh, Biggie! My guy! I loved having Biggie on. Such a good dude. Just fun to get to reconnect. I've not seen him in like four or five months. So just to like see this man through Zoom just warmed my little heart all the way up. Um, you guys are going to love this interview. We just get to hear all about Biggie, all about his journey, all about um, the trajectory that his career is on currently. Um, we talk about his lack of decorating, uh, his insane need of like really saving money, like really pinching pennies. It's all really good, cool stuff. Oh, and we also talk about his dating life and he gets very uncomfortable, which is fun to watch because I don't think you guys have ever seen Biggie uncomfortable ever. He's always just like hips gyrating, getting low and slow for the people. But this one, he gets a little weird about. It's great. Uh, So that interview is coming up. But before we get into the interview, we got to pay the bills around here, you know? That's what we got to do. So this episode of Oral Sessions is brought to you in part by Magic Spoon. You know, growing up, cereal was one of the absolute best parts about being a kid. Um, but you know, you got to give it up because you realize that it's full of sugar and all of the junk that you just shouldn't be eating. We got to cut that stuff out. Only good things coming in. You got to keep the body clean, if you know what I'm saying. So there's zero sugar, 11 grams of protein, and only three net grams of carbs in each serving. Four flavors. There's cocoa, fruity, frosted, and blueberry. Honestly, it's too good to be true, I would say. The taste is so good. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. So go to magicspoon.com slash Renee to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code Renee at the checkout to get free shipping. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product that it is backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if for any reason you decide that you don't like it, they are going to refund your money, no questions asked. That's magicspoon.com slash Renee and use the code Renee for free shipping. That's R-E-N-E-E. Big time shout out to Magic Spoon. We also want to give a little love to our friends at Apostrophe, a prescription skincare company for people that are ready to take their acne seriously. Prescription acne treatment really works. However, it's hard to get. You've got to take time off work. You've got to go see a doctor, sit in line at the pharmacy to get all of your medications. It is just... Who has the time for these things these days? Along comes Apostrophe. Apostrophe makes it easy to see a board-certified dermatologist online. You'll get treatment immediately, and your medications are delivered to your home, right to your doorstep. The convenience in this day and age. Come on. Uh, All you have to do is simply fill out Apostrophe's online questionnaire about your skin concerns and your medical history. Then you just got to snap a few selfies, and your dermatologist will get back to you with a customized treatment plan tailored just for you. 
And the best part is that Apostrophe offers topical and oral medication so that you can treat your acne from the inside out and the outside in. We are covering you on all bases here. Apostrophe treats acne, but they can also help you hit other skincare goals like reducing redness, wrinkles, and even dark spots. For me, my skin has been so incredibly dry. Uh, so that's been a, a big issue for me. I mean, and a little bit of redness as well. Nobody wants any redness, especially these days when we're all home and we're not really wearing any makeup. You want your skin to look nice and flawless. Whether you're trying to treat adult acne, reduce dark spots, or just improve skin texture. Um, yeah, it's just, it's really important for all of us to be able to hit all of our skincare goals and to be able to do it at home and to be able to talk to a, a board certified dermatologist. It's incredible. So for you guys to get $15 off of your first visit with a board certified dermatologist at apostrophe.com slash Renee, use our code Renee. And this code is only available for our listeners. Very exclusive. So to get you guys started, just go to apostrophe.com slash Renee and click begin visit. Then use the code Renee at your sign up, and you're going to get $15 off of your dermatology visit. That's A-P-O-S-T-R-O-P-H-E dot com slash Renee, R-E-N-E-E. So make sure to use our code and you guys get your dermatology visit for $15 off. Big time thank you to Apostrophe for sponsoring this podcast. Now, guys, down to business. Let's bring on our dude, Big E, the Intercontinental Champion at WWE. My dude, here he is. Oh my God, I'm so sad I didn't wear my matching shirt. It's okay. I should have put mine on. Dang, those are really nice shirts. Um, Island Gentlemen, they really did a beautiful job with those shirts. They're awesome. They are. Shout out to them. So, I mean, we're already recording. We started. So, hey, if you guys want that John Huber shirt, just go to violentgentleman.com. They've got them on there. And all of the proceeds are going to Brody Lee's family. So, get on there. Get you one of those shirts. They're beautiful. Um, hi, E. I, I'm sorry, I accidentally muted you when I meant to turn up the volume, so I completely missed all of that. I don't know what I'm doing with oh technology. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Please ask that again. I was just, it's okay. No, I was just putting over the shirt, telling people okay. where they could buy it. All good. All good. Um, are you wearing the Ghostbusters cardigan right now? This is the Evil Dead cardigan. Oh my gosh. Wait, did they just like hook you up with a bunch of different cardigans? Yeah, so uh, Middle of Beyond is the company. They're incredible. Uh, and the owner, uh, Mia, just reached out to me randomly and sent me a bunch of stuff. But uh, we clicked immediately because she's a Seinfeld, a huge Seinfeld fan, and that's my favorite show ever. So we just clicked. Um, but she sent me a bunch of stuff. Her stuff is incredible. So I try to wear as much of the stuff as possible. And there's like there's like a, a two-month window in Florida where you can wear like cardigans, at least for yeah, me, because I'll, yeah. I'll be sweaty real soon. <laughs> so uh, I try to wear stuff as much as possible. Yeah, but middle of beyond, they got a bunch of great designs. So check it out. I love it. I mean, once I saw you just, you know, flat out on a couch wearing that Ghostbusters cardigan, I mean, come on. Who doesn't need that up in their life? It's classy as all hell. It felt good. So thank you. I appreciate that. What's going on in your life? How are you? Um, I'm good, I guess. The hardest part was obviously like dealing with John's passing. Um, but I, you know, as much as like, it can be a cliche and corny to talk about how wrestling is a family and a lot of it's not true, but I think there is a real kinship and a real brotherhood. And I had so many people reach out to me and cry with me and share stories. And that really helped just being able to release it. We all know Brody and he, there's, everyone has a Brody story and at some point I'm sure he made you laugh and that's like, that's comforting. So, uh, that definitely helped. But beyond that, uh, everything's good. I'm real mundane. 
Uh, I tell people I'm an old man because I'm going to bed at like nine, nine thirty. Isn't it the best though? I kind of love it. I love it too. Once it hits nine o'clock, I'm like, it's it's okay for me to go to bed now. Yes. It's amazing. Mostly because I'm often bored during the day and I'm like, I'm, I'm done with this day. Can we, can I get tired already so I can start with a new one? See if I enjoy that one more. I know it's the exact same here. It's like, what do you do? You sit and you like find it. Are you watching any shows right now? Have you found anything? I mean, I feel like everyone's watched everything at this point. So I went back. I heard a bunch of uh, hype about Justified and I enjoy that. Uh, everyone and their mothers watching Cobra Kai. I just finished that. Um, trying to think of anything... I was really sad that we didn't have more Killing Eve to binge during this. I know. I know. That was our show. I know. I was like missing that. I wish I had like not seen Fleabag already. Like I needed some more shows like that. So, hey, if anyone has any recommendations, send them our way. I need them. I need all of them. Are you a This Is Us person? Yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Look, you don't, you don't have to be bashful with me. I love this show so much that I watch with a friend and we will pause. So at the commercial breaks, I'll pause. I'm taking notes the whole time. We'll pause. Wait, do you do that normally during shows? Because you would send me very detailed things about Killing Eve. And I was like, shit, I missed that. I do that with like maybe like three shows where it's important enough. If if I know I want to discuss with someone, I'll, I'll take some notes. But this is legit. I'm pausing, I'm taking my notes during, and then we're discussing for about 10 minutes between each pause. That's how much I love the show. Uh, uh, Carmela also loves the show. I don't know if you know that. Oh, I didn't know that. I did not know that she was a This Is Us person. Okay, good to know. Yes, big mark. Uh, and we, we, we talk about the show often at work. Sometimes we'll like text about it because if I describe this show to you, or if you describe it to me and I'd never seen it, it sounds corny. It's a family show. I get it. It's beautiful. It is so beautiful. And once you get invested in these people, this is my family. I'm sorry, but these these are my family members and no one can tell me different. And I, I live and die with them. And my heart hurts when their heart hurts. And I've never had a show that felt like it was mine. It's mine. And I, I'm very happy that I have This Is Us. And I'm not ashamed. I used to be like, you know, I... I I really like This Is Us. But now I, I proudly beat my That's chest as honor. a This Is Us mark. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's so good. They're on season five and the quality might be better than when it first started. And it's hard to believe. John's a huge uh, This Is Us mark as well. He loves it. <laughs> he loves it. <laughs> I would not think that at like, all, but I love it. The thing that bothers me about the show, though, is that they're a little bit wishy-washy when they release episodes. I'm like, are we getting one this week? Are we not? What's happening? It's hard to keep track of. I understand we're in a pandemic, but they were a little bit like that before. But we usually watch it the day after on Hulu. Um, but I know, I mean, we get so invested in it. We have so many different opinions on the whole thing. I think Milo, I cannot pronounce his last name, but what a dream boat he is. My God. What a handsome man. Yeah. And I have no problem saying that. Uh, is it, is it Ventimiglia? I'm, I'm butchering it. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to butcher it too. So we'll just call him Milo V. Um, yes. And I will say Emilio Sparks, who's um, on this call right now, but he's producing the show. What, what also a dream boat. Um, he <laughs> said to me very recently, and I did not know that he was also a This Is Us person. He told me that he would run into a building like in This Is Us for me. And that's the highest compliment. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. It really is. It's the best. Um, I, I do agree with you, though. That That's the one. They took like a six week hiatus around Thanksgiving to the new year. And I was upset. I know. 
because we rely on it. I look so forward to like getting an update on my phone. There's a new episode of This Is Us. I'm like, hell yeah, there's my plans. Especially now when there's nothing else to do, you need, those are the only things to look forward to is a new episode of a show. Completely. That's all I got. That This is it. This is the reason I get out of bed in the morning. I need my show. So long as it's over before 9 or 9.30, then we're good to go. <laughs> yes. Well, I also, uh, like you, I don't watch it live legitimately because I'm sleepy by 9 o'clock. So I will, like, I want to be fresh. So I'll usually watch it Wednesday uh, with my friend and we'll just kind of go through it. So that's that's the one thing that gets me excited about Wednesdays. <laughs> <laughs> that's how exciting my life has become. If you want to know where I'm at in my that's life, it. that's it. Wait, have you been like, have you picked up any hobbies or anything during this? Because I mean, your schedule used to be absolutely insane and now it's not. I mean, yes, looking forward to TV shows. What else do you do during the days? Work out all day? When I was on the road, I'd work out and I'd try to stretch real quick, but you know, you're pressed for time. Now I will legitimately, I'll warm up a little bit longer and I'll stretch for 45 minutes, four days a week. You're a limber man. We were just discussing that before you hopped on. I think it's a big part of my uh, my character, honestly, is is being loose with my limbs. Um, but I uh, I've really gotten into uh, meditation and mindfulness. Okay. It's not that I spend hours upon hours doing it, but just being consistent with it. I don't know if you, you might not have known her, but uh, Kat Simpson, she used to do VIP for us for the live events. But anyways, uh, she's friends with me, Kofin Woods, and she's the one who suggested I get on Headspace. And then she actually just got me like, because uh, I'm real cheap. I was just doing the free basics for a while. I got a problem. We'll be talking about that later, don't yes. worry. <laughs> it, it's, it's like, it's a sickness. When I realize. I've got the money and I can do it, but it still pains me to spend it. I actually love that though. Like, I think that's a great quality to have. I guess. Sometimes I think I take it too far, but I'm okay with it. Your bank account probably looks great. It does. I, I mean, I don't want to be that guy, but I'm I'm very happy with the numbers that pop up. I feel like I would get like this when I started to um, have any kind of money in my bank account. Cause before I'd be like, oh, I'm like hoping I can just pay for my groceries or like fill up my gas tank right now. That I would just like, look at it sometimes to be like, okay, just for peace of mind, not to be like, I have this money. It was like, okay, it's in there. Nothing happened to it. It's fine. Do you like do that? Just like open your bank accounts ever? Is that, that's Maybe that sounds like I'm a psychopath. No, because I'm as bad as you, I'm sure, if not worse. I check it all the time, <laughs> all the time, just, just to see if it's real. Like sometimes I think this whole run, my like wrestling career is just a fever dream I had. And then I'm going to wake up and realize that I'm still in college. I'm still 23 and I have no idea what I'm doing with my life. It's what grounds me. You know, sometimes people have when you have like anxiety issues. It's like, hey, touch this tree or this leaf to ground you to know that's my grounding is ah the money. <laughs> Open I got the, the money. Wells Fargo account. <laughs> take a look. Do you do any like investments or anything? Because we started getting yelled at to start doing investments because we we just wanted to know that our money was there. Yeah. And then people were like, you should probably start doing something with it. I don't want to be judgy here, but you gotta invest. Yeah, no, we do. We do. Okay, we, just, okay, okay. we hadn't prior. We we have been for a few years now. Okay. Um, but we were so like John's the same boat. I mean, he didn't have any money either. So he's like, I don't want to give anyone my money. What if something happens to it? He was like so freaked out by it. But yeah, the, this is I a mean, podcast where we just discuss how much money is in our bank account. We should bring JBL on. He'd give us some good advice. We're disgusting people. Just just disgusting. Yeah, it's more so just knowing that security, that it's there in case something bad were to happen. But I think that's really cool that you're not a big spender. What Have you ever splurged on anything? My biggest splurge was, it's not even like a massive splurge, but when I bought my house, which was like a brand new house, but it's nothing ornate or anything. Um, I bought, uh, I always wanted a home theater system. 
just like a place where I could, cause I'm a homebody and I watch a lot of movies and TV and whatnot. And I spent like 10 grand on the TV, but not just the TV. It's this beautiful new TV. And then I also got speakers installed in the ceiling. Uh, and then I got a sub. So I just wanted something that like is going to be there. It's, it's a bit of an investment because I've had it for seven years. It's a happy place for you. Yeah. yeah. So that was my one splurge. Beyond that, I've spent money on nothing else really. Food, maybe. Because you, you didn't like decorate your house, right? Did you not put up any? No. Yeah. I feel like Dolph did the same thing. I remember him telling me that. People keep wanting me to put art on my walls, uh, but I want my walls to be bare. They are bare for a reason. So I don't want to get into the whole spiel, but I'm... We got an hour to kill you. Might as well. (laughs) (laughs) I consider myself, I'm trying to be more of a minimalist. I feel freedom in having less. And I just actually had a recent purge of stuff and it felt so good just to throw stuff I didn't need into a bag and be done with it. I also had way too many shoes, just way too many shoes. And I realized, I think there's a program called Souls for Souls. It's a charity. And... DSW just has this place you could drop off old shoes. And I just did that last week. And it felt so good just to be rid of, it was probably, it was at least 20 pairs of shoes. Easily. I easily have 20 more pairs. um, Some that I use, but I'll probably get rid of some more soon too. But I just have too much stuff. What about the track suits? Do you have a lot of track suits? I got, we did have way too many track suits and I got rid of a bunch of those too. Yeah. John gets on me about that a lot because I, especially when I was at WWE, I had a clothing allowance. So I just always had this stuff dropped off the door. There'd be stuff upstairs. It'd be in the garage. So finally during all this too, it's like, okay, time to nip this in the bud and like get rid of stuff. And it can be overwhelming. I don't like having a lot of stuff either, but we've accumulated stuff that drives me crazy. I mean, even if you're ordering random things off Amazon, like, oh, I need this one thing. Like I'll think of something stupid and order it. Uh, like I was trying to Ember Moon. This was a while ago, but we were talking about, um, God, what are those stickers? We used to get them when we were kids. Uh, I put them on like binders. They're like glittery stickers. I can't think of the name of it. It'll come to me later. But she told me about that. We both ordered like boxes of these stickers. Like, what the hell do I need these for? <laughs> and they sat in my kitchen for like two months, just unopened. I was like, I guess I could find a kid to give these to. This is insane. It's so stupid, but it is nice to purge and get rid of stuff. Um Back to the mind or the headspace stuff. So you're into meditating. Yeah. I always have a hard time with this. Like yesterday I did yoga and I end up falling asleep. I, I like twitched and like woke myself up. Yeah. What is like the key? Is it sitting up? I was laying down for this. So I was kind of falling into a trap. That could be it. She made me. I was not in control. <laughs> she made me lay down. There are people, I don't know how, but I, I know people who will meditate for like two hours. I, I don't do that. It's for me, it's like 10 to 15 minutes. Now, especially because I have a bunch of time, I start my day with it. For me, it's not something that like changes your life the first time you do it. But I think it's just a matter of being consistent. My problem is I, for too long, I'm too either caught up in the past or thinking about the future. And that's that's a constant battle. But uh, it's just helped me stay present and being grateful, um, especially with 2020 and with the amount of loss and just everything being so turbulent. It helps center me and remind me that, man, you're still young-ish. Uh, you're healthy. You still got it. I still, you know, I got some. You still got I it. I got some. <laughs> but uh, it just allowed me to be grateful for this present moment and what I do have. And, you know, you, you got a good life. And it could be easy for anyone to lose sight of that, you know. And I think, too, uh, you know, when you first start or you, you kind of make it or you're doing something you really enjoy, 
And it feels fun and exciting, but over time, you can kind of lose that excitement and it becomes old hat and just routine. It's just easy to lose your gratitude for what you're able to have in your life and what you've accomplished. So meditation just helps to remind me just of all the good things I have in life to be present and to be thankful for this moment. Yeah, you know, it's, it is really funny to be able to like remind yourself of that while you're in it. I think that was something that came down to me ultimately stepping away from WWE was getting so comfortable and feeling like I needed to challenge myself and coming up with some new things. And I do feel like, I mean, I I always enjoyed my time there. I, you know, I had a great time in WWE, but I feel like now when I look back at it, there are certain things I'm like, man, we were really lucky. Like what a good time that was. And like friends that we made and things we're able to do on the road. Like it's such a, I feel like I just have a different perspective of it now, especially that I'm out of it and doing something new and like now restarting a whole new thing. But it, yeah, it just gives like a whole new perspective of like gratitude of what you've been able to accomplish and do throughout the years. It's fun. Oh, for sure. We're lucky. Yeah, we are. But for me too, it's, it's also like easier now that everything is so slow when you're when you're like, oh, I slept two hours and I'm on this plane and I'm exhausted and I have to go home and I have a day to just get my stuff done and be back on the road for another six days. I get how it's easy to lose sight of that. And like I was definitely that. But now that things have slowed down. I'm able to kind of spend more time just thinking about things. Trying to meditate in a hotel room seems like a nightmare, too. Yeah, no thanks. Knocking on the door. Exactly. Excuse me. Like, no, <laughs> yeah, like, no. No. I'm leave good. us alone. Yeah. <laughs> That's the worst. Um, Okay, so on to some wrestling things. Dude, what a time for you right now. What a time. You are just crushing it. And it just feels like the perfect timing of like someone just putting in the time, grinding away, quite literally in your case. Um, (laughs) Well done. But just looking at where you are and like the, obviously like the fan base is so behind you. You can tell the whole company is behind you. It's just such a, it's really fun to watch you thrive in that moment. Do you feel like it's very much that like preparation and timing coming together for you in this moment? I think so. But in the same vein, I'm also someone who just like bristles at compliments and like, it, I don't know if things are going well, but it's, it's also, it's also a weird time because our in wrestling, your fans are your barometer. And that's the beautiful thing is that a crowd in Jackson, Mississippi may respond differently from a crowd in Sacramento or a crowd in Baltimore. And when you can hit all these different towns and it keeps working and they're loud, then I feel like that's when you know, hey, I got something good here. It's working. But now we we don't have that. So you got to go off the internet, which can be a scary place. <laughs> it's just dark and lurid. Um, but yeah, and that's... I, I can't imagine anyone being mean to you on the internet. That must not happen to you very often. I don't see it. And I'm just wondering if all the quality filters just just, <laughs> just made my life real rosy. Like, let's, let's take out all the bad. That doesn't exist. Thank God for those quality filters. Shit. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's my assumption. Um, but no, the feedback seems to have been good. But it's also... It's weird to say, yeah, I'm having an awesome run and people are loving it because there's, there's no one yelling like, hey, we love you in, in the arenas. So I don't know. What about for like for for Kofi and for Woods? I mean, what's their reaction to you now finally getting this like huge singles push? They've always been supportive and I always appreciate that. And, uh, you know, Woods was out at the time when we first did the single stuff. But, you know, Kofi was there. And as soon as we, we both heard together. He was so genuinely happy for me and excited about like whatever would come. I can't imagine being in a group with 
two more selfless people. And that's what I've always appreciated is it can be easy in this business to be selfish and to just worry about your own push. But I, I love the fact that we're always so genuinely supportive of each other and our projects, whether they be in WWE or outside of the company, whatever it is. And, uh, and they were there for me. And I appreciate that. Man, you guys all hustle so much, especially like on the outside of, of the company too. Just like you guys are always doing stuff. I mean, that's Woods. If Woods. Kofi's always doing stuff too. And I'm like, I'm over here twiddling my thumbs. They're over there. Like they got multiple kids. Like you got more than one kid. You got a wife. You go home and then you got these side projects. Kofi's doing uh, sneaker stuff. And then he was so busy when he had the world title. Woods is always doing his gaming stuff. And I'm going home to just lay on the couch but this is the life that i want this life that i've crafted you know for myself is to be able to sit alone at home and and watch stuff so don't judge me you get to hang out with this is us and that's where the emotional release comes from exactly they provide that you get it very much so um what did you learn from kofi's run that are things that you want to either change or that you would like to apply to this moment that you're in right now i think one of the things that i I really respected was that Kofi, there were so many times where he could have just made it about himself and he was still always trying to include the three of us. And that I really appreciated, you know, cause it was, it was his moment, honestly. And um, we were fortunate enough to be along for the ride. And I'm glad we got to do the storyline with the gauntlet match and the tag team, the tag team gauntlet match where we got to kind of get Kofi into, I, th- I felt like that was, that was cool, insane. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And the reaction for that was really cool too, because I, you know, in wrestling, it's always about like which faction member is going to screw the other. And it was, it was cool. Cause we never do like real moments of like brotherhood and sacrificing for the other. So that was cool. And just, just seeing how hard he worked in and out of the ring. Like he was on all the time. He was on everything. Uh, just always doing media and uh, seeing him always do it with a smile on his face and never complain was something that I was remembered. Like, man, you, you could complain about the fact that you, I, I think the night he won the title, I don't think he slept at all. And not cause he was like out partying, but because he was up, and then by the time he got done with everything, he had to, he went back to the room. And then I think they had him like do the Today Show or some right. morning show and then do, do, yeah. do the whole morning media. And we're on SmackDown. I, I want to say, yeah, SmackDown was supposed to be later in that week. And they called him in to do Raw. So instead of like, all right, I have Monday to decompress after doing all this media. So nope, we got it. We need you on Raw. You got this promo seg and this match. So he was just constantly going. You never see him like shaken or upset. I've never seen him in a bad mood ever. I don't know how that's possible. I don't think I've ever seen him. I've never seen him in a bad mood. I don't no, think. No, me either. It's wild. Oh, I thought you meant like he is. And I've no, missed it. No, 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 like, no. I just not seen no, him. No, I don't. No, I mean, you're <laughs> <Just> right. <laughs> I will say when it comes to video games, he's a horrible sport. When he wins and loses, that's the one time he'll be pissed. I've seen that in up, up, down, down. Yes. Fair that's enough. The, that's about the hey, only we- time though. <laughs> Yeah. No, I mean, I think all three of you are kind of like that. I've never really seen any of you guys in like bad moods. No. Are you getting, are you getting warm in your cardigan? It didn't take long. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I'm getting, it's like hot in this room and right now too. I'm just, I'm dealing with it. It's fine. That's cool. Um, I am definitely more, I guess more temperamental. Woods and I definitely are a little bit more, um, but I, I try to be mellow, but you know, sometimes people just, 
Boy. I would love to see you snap on somebody. That would be amazing. Like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> That's what the meditation's for. So I, so I don't do that. that one yeah, would yeah. be right. Um, how do you see your WrestleMania moment going? I know everyone is rallying and they really want to see Big E versus Roman Reigns. If you could do your perfect mania moment, how do you see that going? Roman is clearly... When you look at the WWE uh, pecking order, he's he's at the very top. And having that match is the biggest moment. And I hope we're at a point in another month or two where I feel like I'm established enough and I'm hot enough where it makes sense. In the same vein, I have no idea what the plan is. And I also want this to feel earned. I think sometimes you can get too much too soon. And that's also weird to say for someone who's been around for eight years. Like, I don't feel like I just came up and they just handed me this world title opportunity. But like, obviously, gun to my head, it's it's a match with Roman for the world title. Um, so I'll tell you what a funny thing is trying to prepare for an interview with someone that, you know, and that's like a friend of you is like Googling them. And I mean, one of the things that I already know about, but like your friendship and relationship with Celeste, with Caitlin Celeste. But it's funny. I was like just reading through like some big E facts. He used to date this model, Celeste. And I was like. First of all, that's not true, but it's not true. It's not. I it's know not. it's not true, but it was just funny. They like didn't even credit that it was Caitlin that they were talking about. But anyways, that just made me laugh when I was like researching biggie things and your your love affair with Celeste. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you guys talk and keep in touch? I mean, not as much as, you know, when we were on the road all the time, of course, um, she's busy with her life. But yeah, from time to I think we texted. I, I think I texted her like. A couple weeks ago, um, just because I'm really I'm really proud of her journey. Um, you know, she dealt with a you know really messy divorce, and um, I met her her current uh, lover, uh, and, <laughs> and he's a great dude, man. And I at first I was like I didn't like some of the earlier ones, and I was like maybe maybe I'm just jealous. Is that the reason? But then I but then I realized like how things unfolded. I was like, no, they were terrible people. But uh, him, I liked right away. Great dude. Uh, and I'm just really happy for the both of them. And just just seeing kind of she posts uh, often about her journey mentally and uh, just really proud of her growth as a human. So, uh, you know, I just kind of hit her up and we just talk just briefly about that stuff. But, yeah, it's really good to see her in a good place. And also, like for her to leave the company and just start this business and seeing that it's still going strong. She and hustles. Yeah. And that's like a successful, good business. And and uh, I think she's the inventor of the booty scrunch, too. I don't know if you know that, but she, I think she oh, is. I know all about <laughs> yes. the booty scrunch. Are you kidding me? I love the booty scrunch. I mean, any woman's like, yeah, help me out back there. <laughs> Especially from someone like her. You're like, you tell me what you're doing and I'll give it a try. Exactly. No problem. <laughs> but sometimes you're just, your time is up at a certain job or it, it was, and I could tell even when she like, didn't tell me anything, I could just tell like, Oh, she, it's time for her to do something else. So uh, as bittersweet as it was, you know, obviously didn't want to see her leave, but I also just didn't want to see her stagnant in her life either. Uh, and it was cool to see her decide to bet on herself and do something cool and uh, also grow as a person. So uh, I, it was just cool to, to see that. So I'm a fan of her always. She's great. I miss her. I've not talked to her in a little bit, but she is really great. Um, how about working with Paul Heyman? How's that going? How is that relationship and situation? Uh, you know, Paul, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say, uh, has this been a slow burn of a relationship or did it just, he was like, Hey, you're my guy. 
it's not even like there was a conversation that, you know, you're my guy. It's just kind of you're doing talking smack and Paul does his thing and I respond. And what a charmer. He can, he, he's a heck of a charmer. He can turn it on. He sure can. He really can. But, you know, when I saw the feedback and I knew when we were doing it, like, this is this is good for me. This is a, this is a good conversation. Like nothing bad is going to come from this being out there and him kind of stirring this pot and this idea. So it was, uh, you know, I thought it was both conversations uh, I had with him. I think I did one alone and then we did one with me and Apollo too, but it's all been positive. I think too. Your safe tweets from Apollo is my favorite thing, by the way. Look, (laughs) I, so I've gotten to know, uh, I've got to know Apollo and uh, Mercedes Sasha. Uh, She kind of, I think when this, when this all kind of hit, uh, she she brokered like a, a peace treaty between us and she had us like take some picture where I was holding him and he was holding me, something like that. Yeah. So it's we're good. We talked about it, whatnot. But my thing is, this is 2013 and he didn't even know me. Look, I get it. I'm not tall. I never claimed to be tall. But I want to say, I wanted to say, bruh, you're my height. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm talking yeah, it's about? It's not like he's like towering. No, but we're, we're good now. And I, I, like, I don't know where it came from. If, you know, I don't want to be judgmental of, of kind of where his headspace was. I think it was a reflection of himself. Maybe that's <laughs> yeah, what it was. Maybe, maybe. But I, I have learned over the years that when people lash out, it's not really about you. It's about the, the issues they're dealing with inside. So don't take it personal. Um, you've been really exceptional on Talking Smack. Um, and I think for people that have maybe not gotten to hear you just speak, we're like blown away of just like, you're so smart. You're so eloquent, the way that you put things together. And um, I mean, I remember early on, I think it was actually maybe right when Talking Smack came back and you and Miz had a moment and you had been able to like really use your platform to just talk about some of the things that are going on in the world, um, to talk about even just your own placement within WWE. Like how important is it for you to take those moments to really like say something important. Do you think about that when it's happening? Cause I know talking smack really just kind of happens on the fly, but you handle those situations really beautifully. Well, thank you. Um, I, I guess I don't spend time like trying to collect my thoughts. These are, these are just things that are in my head already. Um, I guess the, the Miz stuff was great. And I think Miz is really exceptional in that role. And, I think people gravitate towards those moments because they feel very real and honest. And obviously what we do is entertainment and we put on a TV show, but it feels like a a moment where you can just kind of go where there aren't the same restrictions you'd you'd have on TV. And uh, you know, a a lot of the issues that that I talked about with Miz, I very much felt. And we talked a bit about Kofi's run. This was not that far after uh, George Floyd's murder. And, um, I I tend to think, even though I'm trying my best to be present, I tend to think of my future and what I want my life to be. And, you know, just a lot of existential angst about why we're even here on this spinning rock. Um, And I guess I think if my life is just about what I've accumulated for myself and what I've earned and it's just very selfish, then like me being here for however long I'm here was kind of pointless. So I tend to think of like how how can I make some kind of positive impact on the world I'm in? And uh, that's kind of been my search as of late, especially after the passing of George Floyd is kind of where, what can I do? 
Um, and oftentimes I feel like I'm not the biggest name. I don't have the, the most enormous uh, fan base, but I can do something. I have a platform. I have a modicum of fame, celebrity, whatever you want to call it. And I also want to let people know, like, if, if you're, you're hurting your pain after seeing George Floyd's passing, after seeing unrest, after, like, I feel that same pain. Like, I'm not above uh, crying or, or feeling uh, the, the pain that a lot of black and brown people felt as well. So I, I just wanted to express that it was important for us to, uh, to express that I feel that as well. So a lot of, a lot of my, my mindset as of late is, uh, you know, what kind of positive impact can we make here in dismantling racism in leveling out inequalities? Um, there's just a lot that we can do. There'll be a time maybe in the next few years where no one cares to know my name, where I'm not on TV anymore. Um, but right now I have a bit of an opportunity and I can say something. And even if it only reaches two or three people, it's reached someone. Um, so that, that was my thing. I just, I think for too long, I felt kind of helpless. Like, man, I can't really do anything. I can't raise millions of dollars, but maybe I can make a dent in something. Maybe I can expose someone to something they hadn't heard before. And that's kind of, we, we started wearing the, um, schoolhouse rock inspired gear, but I thought schoolhouse rock impacted so many people. It's something they remember many years later, decades later, but what if we did something like that for black activists, for uh, just important black figures? Um, I think it's just something that oftentimes in school, we don't get to learn much about. Like I was an African-American lit minor in college, and I feel like I'm fairly attuned to a lot of this stuff. And there was so much that I was learning that I hadn't been exposed to. And I thought, you know, it's not going to be for everyone. Not everyone's going to learn something, but maybe uh, someone sees Ruby Bridges on my gear and is curious and looks up her story. Uh, and and that was just kind of, uh, kind of our thought. And same thing, like Jane Elliott, she's not black, but she's devoted her life to uh, anti-racism. And uh, it, it felt like it was something. It was something that's... Um, important to me. And like, we're not going to topple this or solve all these problems in a week or two. And I wanted to continue these, these conversations and just, um, you know, it's, it's kind of just what's been on my mind as of late. And uh, yeah, that's kind of been my direction. Even seeing the features, whether you're posting on your Instagram or WWE's being able to post stuff, it does open up a conversation and it does, we all have so much access to all information just in our phones. And if you see a name and you can Google it and just to learn some information, I think you, I mean, yeah, you say if it reaches two or three people, but I think it, it has such a big impact on people that are able to to access that information and stuff that they wouldn't have known if you weren't able to put it on your gear or talk about it or use those platforms. So yeah, kudos. Well, thank you. Very cool. Um, Wale, your dude, yeah. new entrance music. How did this come about? I mean, I know you guys are friends. You guys have been friends for a while. Yeah. Uh, we'll get into our whole food conversation. That <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I really want, I guess I get kind of like Martha and Snoop vibes, but you both, <laughs> you both tweet so much about like food. Uh, he has an obsession with air fryers now. I know it's amazing. You need, that's what you need to invest. I in. I know he's been trying to get me, but I love seeing anytime I see the two of you interact on Twitter. I, I, it just warms my heart so much. So I just really want a Wale and Renee, uh, cooking show. I, I do. 
The name already sounds good, Renee and Wale. Come on. It sounds so good. Somebody give us a show. Yeah. But uh, so it was it really the nice part with us being friends. It was it was as simple as me reaching out to him and saying, like, hey, is this something that you might be interested in doing? And then we talked to uh, Neil in WWE Music just to make sure, like, can we do this? Shout out to Neil Lowey. Yes, ma'am. And uh, yeah, then we we got it done. And it was really it, it, it was like some back and forth and for I think the first track they sent, this is what was before Wale hopped on. They did like a demo version without him to kind of get an idea. And the first uh, version had this was like WWE's home base did the first version and then he jumped on or yes, yeah, yep. And they didn't have the rapper come in until like 40 seconds in, and, you know, with like an entrance song. It's like sometimes you might only get the first 20 to 30 seconds. So I wanted him in as quickly as possible. So we, we tinkered with it for a little bit. I mean, Sasha got Snoop in real quick. You so know? we got to get those Wale bars in early. Exactly. Exactly. So it was uh, it was just dope to have someone who I've been a huge fan of even before anyone cared to know my name and uh, also a friend. And I just also like I know I'm biased, but he's a sensational rapper. He's really good at what he does. He's incredible. He's one of the best ever if you ask me and uh, I love his music so that was just cool to get him on and hopefully we get him again uh I I still don't know how we got him for that rap battle um <laughs> which was so ridiculous his poor shoe goes flying off <laughs> it did I didn't even notice that that's like the one, I mean not the one thing I remember for that but I feel like it got so rowdy between you guys and the Usos and he got in between you guys and his shoes flying off it was like out of a full cartoon of like knocked right out of his shoes that was one of those segments that so easily could have been a train wreck, but the uh, the three of us do not know how to rap and have no business rapping, but Woods pitched the idea, and then I was like, can we get Wale involved as kind of like the moderator? And somehow people just said yes to all these ideas. I have no idea how, but people said yes, um, but the Usos are, can I, I told them they should need to put out like an EP or something. They're good. They do. They need to do something. They're also like borderline could be full comedians. They're as so well. funny. They have, they- <laughs> I love their stories. They got so many Rikishi stories. And we all know Rikishi like, yeah, I, but yeah. no, like dad Rikishi stories, which are so good. They crack me up. They're like endlessly entertaining. They're so great. Um, so other outside things that you're doing, you're like voiceover king now, huh? Well, not not a king, maybe a prince. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm working my way up. The Duke. <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, yes. So um, thankfully, uh, the people at Laser Wolf, uh, it's an animated show. They reached out to me and they wanted me to be a series regular uh, a few years ago. And I was excited. Did you have to like audition or they were just like, you're, they know what your voice no, sounds like? No. Yeah. Thankfully, um, Henry Bonsu, uh, who's a creator, uh, he just knew who I was. He's a wrestling fan. And thankfully, he was just like, hey, come on board. And so they sent me the pilot. And I was so bummed because in the pilot, we have Reginald uh, Vell Johnson is the voice of God now. He's the dad from Family Matters. Okay. But the voice of God in the pilot was DMX. What? Like they actually had DMX and uh, it was, I was so excited. Uh, but unfortunately he's, he had some issues uh, that uh, couldn't allow it. But Reginald is, is incredible. And yeah, he's, he's the dad from family matters. It's incredible. Uh, we also have like Vince Staples is on the show. Who's one of my favorite rappers. It's such a talented cast and to be a part of something like that is really dope. So we just finished season two, just uh, we had the finale 
like a week ago, a week and a half ago. And uh, we also got Woods and Cove were in uh, an episode too. So it was just cool. Hell yeah. Yeah. Do you record that from home? No. So the first one we did was pre-pandemic. So that was in LA just so that I'm there and I can get direction from Henry and uh, Carl Jones, uh, who was a part of the Boondocks. He was a part of that first season too. Um, And uh, the second season, I think we... Do we do that in L.A.? Well, I think we did in L.A. I've also had to do some stuff in Tampa, but that's the nice part of voice work is I can just find a studio in town and record stuff. Hell yeah. Um, Okay, now we've talked about wrestling. We've talked about, uh, you know, different outside work things. I want to go back to the very beginning of you telling your family that you were going to get into professional wrestling. How did that go? Um, It was, so this was like, Summer of 2009 is when I got signed by WWE. And so it's weird because my my dad is a huge wrestling fan. Like he would, for some reason, he would watch, he'd watch Raw, but then they'd have like multiple re-airings. One would be on like MTV and there would be another one. So he, I would watch him watch the same episode of Raw three times. I, I don't know why. I don't know what you're gleaning, what you're getting from this, but he he would make sure anytime like WWE was on, he was watching. But it's weird because he's a big wrestling fan, but also was just overly concerned about me being hurt. Like it wasn't like, yeah, that's awesome. You're getting into wrestling. It was. Was that based off of you getting hurt when you got hurt in college? You hurt your knees, right? Yeah, that's very possible. I mean, you know, I tore both my ACLs, broke my right patella and tore my left pec in two and a half years of college and I'm real hard headed. Clearly I should have, that should have been it for me, <laughs> but I just, I, I needed more injuries. So I just oh, needed to, to go. use my body more, but I was in grad school at the time and I was a TA grading papers, which is weird to think about. Why would anyone trust me to grade college papers? I mean, I would maybe, I would. Thank you. You're, you're very kind. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I was doing that, but I just thought this is going well, but man, this can't, this cannot be my life for the next like 40 years of sitting at a desk. And I thought like my plan was to get my PhD, which meant another, probably another year of uh, working my master's and then probably, probably five to six years of a PhD. So that's like, that's another six years of poverty of just being broke. And then I get a job and maybe I can make like 40 K a year, you know? So, and I just also didn't want to sit at a desk uh, for the next 30, 40 years. And I felt like I had more to give athletically. So this, this wrestling thing falling into my lap is I got super lucky. Were you athletic even as like a little kid? Yeah. I'd always done sports, even like my earliest memories. I think I was like four years old when I was doing like a karate class. And then I started playing youth tackle football when I was seven. So pretty much from like the age of four, I was always in some kind of organized sport. You went to FCW initially, while it became NXT, but what was that like tryout process like, or like figuring out that that was even going to be an option? It's kind of a long story, which I'll skip, but essentially, so I was in grad school at the time. And then I knew a guy who knew a guy who knew Jr. And then like, uh, so this, this man, Boomer sooner, baby, you know? Uh, so Mike Doherty is, he's connected with the Iowa wrestling program and Jr. randomly met him on a plane and he, uh, JR said he was like wearing an Iowa shirt and he asked him like, Hey, what do you do? And he eventually realized that he was close with, he's, he's good friends with Dan Gable, who was a wrestling legend. Oh, I know. Yes. And, uh, so Mike Humple, a guy I played with knew Mike Doherty. And so Mike, essentially Mike Doherty essentially said, Hey, I'm connected with WWE. Is it something that you might want to give a chance? 
And it never, even though I was a fan as a kid, it never crossed my mind. Like, this is a job. I, I would never even, I just never, I never thought about it. And uh, so the first step was contacting the company. They wanted to see what I looked like shirtless. So I took some real awkward uh, <laughs> pictures. Oh my God, I would love to see those. I hope someone burned them. I have no, I don't have them. I do not. <laughs> Damn it. Um, but I sent them to the office and then they flew me down. I guess they, they liked how I looked topless enough to send me down to Tampa <laughs> for a tryout. And then I just did the tryout in Tampa and I guess it went well enough for me to get signed, but it was just real random with me just bumping into the right people at the right time. So I have a little bit of an insider scoop here about your time at FCW, your time at NXT. Um, And one of the initial characters you came up with was a guy named Wendell. Oh God. Tell me about Wendell or become Wendell. Give me a little Wendell. (laughs) I think I, I don't know if I can do the voice anymore, but, uh, It was this nerd character, like inspired by Steve Urkel. Again, family matters. It's all full full circle. Um, And I just wanted to show people that I had range, that I wasn't just a big guy who was like serious, that I had some, you know, comedic chops of of some sort. So I I got my mom's old big glasses. And uh, at the time, I had this horrible idea of like cornrowing my hair. So my hair was like cornrowed. And uh, I got some, I went to the thrift store and got these, trousers like yellow slacks and old like these white velcro shoes that an old man might wear and suspenders and i uh i gotta work on the voice it's been a minute but i would uh talk like this and i and ladies i like long walks on the beach i and it's not it's not the right voice but something like that i did this real like kind of nasally nerd voice did you do this for dusty uh yes i did it in promo class for him because i was just trying i was just doing stuff you know if you're down there for a while you kind of get you know just a little stir crazy and people liked it and it was fun and like people laughed and then dusty i wrestled one match in fcw uh against uh little kozlov uh alex sherman is his real name uh, and we had one match with me as the Wendell character and just, just have some fun. And then that was it. I mean, that footage must exist somewhere. I would love to see that. I want to see Wendell in action. I want to see Wendell run the ropes. No one needs to see that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I feel like you are one hell of a bachelor. What is your dating situation? Do you date? Um, I mean, I know what's weird during a pandemic and I can see you squirming. I, I am a little <laughs> bit. So I, it's a lot easier to say like, oh, I'm single when you're when you're 24. Like, no, it's OK, because everyone, you know, a lot of people are single when they're 24. When you're 34 and you're a perpetual bachelor, you kind of get weird looks like what, what's wrong with you. But I discovered this thing. It's called attachment theory. The theory posits that you either form secure bonds with your parents as as small children and you have your your emotional needs met or if you don't. Um, there's three different ways that that children insecurely attach and it affects the way they build relationships and bonds later in life. And I just a few months ago, I saw so it's dismissive uh, avoidant attachment is me. And I read through the kind of like the symptoms and it blew my mind like this is me. I found out like what's wrong with me. Uh, what is it? Dismissive avoidance Avoiding attachment? Attachment. Yeah. So it's essentially it's characterized by people who say like, oh, I'm not the marrying type or I can do things on my own who are super independent. And that's a lot of me. Like when when you don't have your emotional needs met as a small child, you tend to just like, hey, I can meet my own needs. 
And that's, that explains like why I'm perpetually alone. And I genuinely like being alone. I don't sit at home and pine to like be around people all the time. I'm an introvert by nature and I have no idea how I ended up as an entertainer. It makes no sense because I just always just want to be by myself. Save it for that red light. Yes. But yeah, but that's me. And that's kind of where I'm at with that. And I guess kind of uh, once you can kind of realize why you're wired the way you are, it can allow you to break certain patterns. And I suppose, um, you know, if a relationship is in the cards for me, so be it. But I'm also I'm starting to to fall in love with me. Oh, I love that. That's great. But I have so much to dissect about this. I know. I know. So I'm I'm open to it, but uh, it's still I'm still a work in progress with that stuff, I guess. I get where you're coming from from that point. But here's my issue with it is that I feel like you would be such a great partner for somebody that I feel bad for these other chicks that are missing out because I feel like you would really be like a great boyfriend or husband. You're like caring and you like pay attention to things. You're smart. You have a lot to offer. So it's great that you're giving that to yourself, but I feel bad for the other girls that could be like, uh-huh. <laughs> this is also your compliments, by the way, you're, you're really, you're killing me right now with uh, all the niceties. Uh, but it's true. I'm not bullshitting you on this because like legit, you would be like, there's certain dudes that I'd be like, don't date that guy. But like with you, come on. Do we, have you ever, have you ever gone like online dating or anything? No, uh, I've had people try to get me, too and i just can't i it's it's i think it's odd as a public figure is it not yeah of course it is you're putting yourself in a weird position 100 there are the like public figure dating sites though and that that seems i haven't been on one i don't want to judge but i had a friend tell me about like raya i think is one yes yeah that's the one god that seems so just douchey and self-absorbed and for sure it's like i'm too cool to go on like a regular dating site so if it's if that's your mindset then yes you are a douche but if you're a person that just like you don't you be making yourself open to regular people that could just be like oh i know big e i'm gonna go on a date with him or like you know have like not the right intentions or something like that's really scary too yeah no i see your point i see your point um i don't know i don't have any of this stuff figured out <laughs> So that's the end of that conversation is what you're telling me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, so as I like, I guess, I think I just had too much time in 2020. That's what it was. I just had too much time. So I was like, I'm glad I don't have any financial stresses. I'm blessed there. So it was kind of like, what do I do now? And it was just kind of like working on myself is what I did. So I, I became, it's a little hippie-ish little out there, but I was like working on myself and kind of addressing, you know, who I am. So it's been a lot of that. And I, I want to be more open to like whatever may come. And also with possible relationships too, but I also realize how I am. And I'm just worried that, you know, that I find a woman that I really like. And then I get again to my, oh no, I got to get out of here phase. And it's never about them or, you know, or anything they do. It's just me just feeling better or more secure or more myself when I'm alone. And I, I don't know if I know how to feel whole or to feel most myself with someone else. Does that make sense? No, I, I think that does make a lot of sense. I understand that. I could get where that like panic could kind of set in of like, oh God, there's someone that's always here or like always looking at you to like entertain them or like, you know, I get it. You just need someone that just wants to watch movies and shows and the end. You don't need to do anything much beyond that. Okay. My final question to you said you were an African-American lit major. Minor. Minor. What are some books that you suggest we read? 
I'm kind of embarrassed. I used to be a voracious uh, reader and writer, and I fell off. It's embarrassing. Um, I will say my favorite book for a long time, it's real satire. Um, it's called Erasure by Percival Everett. Is one of my favorite books ever. And actually, um, I know Bianca posted this thing where she was looking for book recommendations a while ago, and I suggested that. But it's it's very funny. It's uh, lewd at times, but lewd for a reason. So it's not. I'm making it out to be worse than it is. It's it's sarcastic and funny. Um, but it's uh, Erasure by Percival Everett is one of my favorite books, and it's kind of like that's my level of comedy. That's what I enjoy. All right, perfect. Well. Everyone check out that book. Um, thank you for taking the time to join me here on Oral Sessions. It's great to see you. I know. <laughs> it's been too long. I know. It's our, I'll see you soon. I'll see you at some point. No one ever just leaves WWE. I'm sure I'll end up back there at some point. <laughs> yeah, they just keep bringing you back. <laughs> they always bring you back. Um, well, enjoy the rest of your time off. Enjoy your meditation and your headspace. And in uh, loving you, E. <laughs> Thank you very much. This felt a bit therapeutic and I appreciate that. It was. I like that. That was actually a lot of fun. I had no idea really where this conversation was going to go, but it did get a little therapy-ish and I enjoy that. I'm okay with Those that. are the shows I like to listen to. So I'm going to turn this into a therapy show. Good, good. And provide bullshit answers. <laughs> <to people. laughs> That's what we expect. That's what we want from you. <laughs> Right. It felt so good to be reunited with my guy, Big E. Hopefully you guys got a little bit of insight into the world of that beautiful, sweet man. And yeah, maybe I'd get on like the rest of New Day at some point. It's fun to get to see all my old buddies. I miss these guys. They're the best. All right, guys, more oral sessions coming your way next week. But again, a quick shout out to our guys at Apostrophe for sponsoring this episode of Oral Sessions. Apostrophe makes it easy to see a board-certified dermatologist online. You'll get treatment immediately and your medications are delivered to your home. All you have to do is simply fill out Apostrophe's online questionnaire about your skin concerns and your medical history. Then you just got to snap a few selfies and your dermatologist will get back to you with a customized treatment plan tailored just for you. And the best part is that Apostrophe offers topical and oral medication so that you can treat your acne from the inside out in the outside in. We are covering you on all bases here. Apostrophe treats acne, but they can also help you hit other skincare goals like reducing redness, wrinkles, and even dark spots. So for you guys to get $15 off of your first visit with a board-certified dermatologist at apostrophe.com slash Renee, use our code Renee, and this code is only available for our listeners, very exclusive. So to get you guys started, just go to apostrophe.com slash Renee and click begin visit, then use the code Renee at your signup and you're going to get $15 off of your dermatology visit. That's A-P-O-S-T-R-O-P-H-E dot com slash Renee, R-E-N-E-E. So make sure to use our code and you guys get your dermatology visit for $15 off. Big time thank you to Apostrophe for sponsoring this podcast. And also a big time shout out and a little bit of love to Magic Spoon. So there's zero sugar, 11 grams of protein, and only three net grams of carbs in each serving. Four flavors, there's cocoa, fruity, frosted, and blueberry keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. So go to magicspoon.com slash Renee to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code Renee at the checkout to get free shipping. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product that it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. 
So if for any reason you decide that you don't like it, they are going to refund your money. No questions asked. That's magicspoon.com slash Renee and use the code Renee for free shipping. That's R-E-N-E-E. Big time shout out to Magic Spoon. All right, guys, that's it for this episode of Oral Session. See you next week. We're probably going to have somebody else that's really cool on. Can't say who yet because I don't know who it's going to be. Bye. Bye.